Welcome to Beating the Drum, a podcast about the art and science of customer advocacy. Every company dreams about having customers that will sing their praises. And on this show, we'll explore just how to make that happen. I'm your host, Margot Leong. And for nearly a decade, I've helped create, nurture, and mobilize customer evangelists for B2B and B2C. On this episode, I was joined by Kendra Walsh, Director, Community and Customer Advocacy at Juniper Networks. Kendra started her career in customer programs back in the early 2000s and has really seen the role evolve over time. We talk about the value of hiring an operations person early for your team, how she connects her community and advocacy programs, all of the mini communities that live within their Elevate community, and all of the care and feeding involved. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kendra. Hey, Kendra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to uh, talk to you today. Thanks, Margot. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Awesome. Would love to learn a bit more about your background and journey to customer marketing and where you are today. So if you could give us that high level 30,000 foot overview, that'd be great. Sure. The majority of my career has been been in high-tech marketing. It's a bit surprising to see how long my career actually has been at this point, but I always had some level of marketing programs expertise, whether it was doing events or user groups or vertical marketing or demand generation. And I really began in this area of what it, what we called at that time, global customer programs back in the early 2000s, back before this was really acknowledged as a career path in marketing. Back then it was case studies, but it also then evolved to customer reference programs. I did satisfaction and loyalty research even before NPS had kind of taken over satin loyalty work. We built out customer reward programs and featuring customers and a lot of things, even like brand advertising. So I've been in this space for quite some time, a brief segue where uh, I did some work with alliance marketing and system integrator marketing, which was great because it got me really close to sales and a different perspective, but always seem to come back into a customer role, whether we called it customer programs or customer marketing or now customer advocacy. And along the way, I, I've done everything from adding in communities, an EBC program. I've done corporate sponsorships. It's been a really interesting career, but very focused in working with customers all the way through. I'm curious, why do you think that you've always come back to the customer? Is it something about being customer focused that you have a knack for and interest in? I think there's definitely the comfort there because I've been doing it for so long, but it's also because it's invigorating to talk to a customer that is happy and doing interesting things with technology. I I used to like to go to trade shows when I worked at Citrix because people would come up to our booth and go, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to say I'm a customer. We had fans. We really had fans. To have that kind of connection with a customer where they're talking about their success and I'm not saying, hey, Juniper's great or this product's great. It's really letting the customer say that in their own words. I think it's a great position to be in uh, within the company. This episode is brought to you by Point of Reference. We talk a lot on the show about how much work is involved in customer marketing, and that's especially true when it comes to managing your reference program. The great thing about Point of Reference's solution, Reference Edge, is that it takes care of all the administrative tasks of your reference program so that you can focus on other priorities, like meeting your company's strategic growth goals. Reference Edge centralizes reference information and customer content, provides granular search, has advocate recruiting capabilities, ends reference request chaos, quantifies program impact, and even automates scheduling of group reference and peer-to-peer conversations. 
Reference Edge is easy to use and 100% Salesforce native, which means it lives where your sales team lives. Point of Reference prides themselves on stellar service and each client is assigned an account director to advise you on your implementation and program needs. You can learn more and get a demo at pointofreference.com. That's point-of-reference.com. I totally agree. Super lucky to be in a position where you are on average talking to mostly happy customers all the time versus if you are in a different, let's say like a support position, the ratio is totally flipped where you're talking to mostly unhappy customers. Yeah. And no customer is going to be a hundred percent happy a hundred percent of the time. And so the interesting thing with doing these kinds of programs and building out these relationships with customers is when they do have an issue and obviously they have an account team, they have support teams, but it's where we've been able to really leverage those relationships to help get the customers to a right executive or really just advocate on behalf of our customers within the company. It's really interesting when we see that relationship come full circle. So they've done great things for us. They need some connection. They need some help. We can work on that internally to the company. And in the end, they even have a deeper relationship and a deeper engagement with us. I think that's one of the definitions of creating a win-win relationship with your customers. You know, I've had that happen in real time and like customer advisory boards where mm-hmm. someone isn't experiencing an issue. And by the way, we just happen to have our CTO here. You know, he can make sure that something happens much more quickly. And that's a pretty amazing feeling to know that you and your team helped to orchestrate that interaction right there. Can you also share just a little bit about what Juniper does and also who's the core audience that you're trying to target and how that aligns with who you're going after from an advocacy perspective? Juniper is known for being an infrastructure company. Our history is very much in switches and routers, very hardware-centric, very kind of legacy infrastructure. But over time, as many companies, we've been evolving. And so we have gotten into some really interesting spaces with a different acquisition. So we have a product line that's called Mist, which is more on the wireless side. But the differentiator is that we've got this AI cloud-based dashboard ability to manage products and customers absolutely love it. You know, us moving into more software, cloud-based AI, automation, really making it more about the user experience than just the speeds and feeds of hardware is really where the company has been moving. And so we see that we get a lot of customers, it's across any industry, but we see a lot of recent uptake in retail, in education, both higher education and K through 12, financial services, you know, government, those usual ones, but they're customers that are are trying to improve the experience that either their network operators are having. So doing more things that are automated and software-based and easier to, to manage a network so that the operators themselves have a better experience, but also ultimately so that the end users have a better experience. That's the space we play in. We, we are evolving and changing as a company very rapidly. So even just the companies that we compete with and all of that seem like they're constantly changing. We've made a lot of great acquisitions in recent years, even since I've been here, which is less than two years. Oh, wow. uh, so it's kind of exciting to see where the company is going. What are the specific titles that you're seeing most often that you guys are working with? 
it's still very much on the infrastructure and networking side. Ideally, we're getting CIOs, CTOs, but we also have people that are directors in, in infrastructure because we do a lot as a company with service providers, even really big service providers or more tier two, tier three service providers. We get into a whole different discussion and audience there. So I recently talked to somebody who's the chief revenue officer at a service provider who's talking about how this is expanding their ability to serve more customers and do more things with their business. So it does run the gamut. We have a huge amount of our business focused in that service provider space, mm -hmm. as well as in the enterprise. Tell us a little bit about what your role at Juniper uh, entails, and maybe more about what your day-to-day -day looks like at this time. I joined Juniper Networks just at the tail end of 2020. So mid-pandemic, which was a really interesting time to be moving companies. And here I lead community and customer advocacy. The customer advocacy side's somewhat self-evident. So our reference program, working on all the great customer evidence like success stories and videos and speaking opportunities. We do have a customer awards program here. Uh, we do leverage customers in some of our digital brand advertising. But the community side is also the other flip side of what I do, and that is our online customer community. We call it Elevate. And it's made up of customers, of partners, of employees, probably some prospects and some students in there. It's really open to anybody. And these folks are much more, I would say, at the practitioner level. These are technical folks that are administering Juniper products every day. It's a bit of a different level than maybe the director or the CIO type of customers that we try to talk to on the advocacy side. I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, <laughs> it's lots of meetings. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Right now, we're in, we're in the middle of finalizing our nominations for our award program, the Juniper Elevate Awards. So we have just been heads down on working with account teams to get the nominations in, writing them up so that our judges panel can review them, lots of customer interviews. It's an exciting time, and it, it culminates in November. I think people don't realize that something like that is pretty much taking up about half of the year. So that's taking up a lot of our time right now. But but it ebbs and flows just like any other role. And how big is your team currently? So I would say not that big. And historically, I've always liked to say that I end up with small but mighty teams. You know, I sit more in corporate marketing. So I've got three full-time and a contractor, so kind of four people that report directly to me. And then we've got a matrixed approach here. So I've got other teams that work in Europe and Asia Pacific that do customer advocacy for part of the remit. They actually sit in PR and probably spend about 25 to 30% of their time doing customer advocacy. So there's an additional four or five people who all have a little bit of their time in advocacy that make up our European and our Asia Pacific. For your team, how are you currently structuring it? Basically, who is focused on what and how do you think about that? I've got somebody who's a senior person who is my customer advocacy manager. She's focused in the Americas because, as I mentioned before, EMEA and APAC are handled in region. I've got uh, one person who's dedicated now to the Elevate community. So she's our community engagement manager. A third person actually runs what I call customer advocacy programs and operations. So making sure that our templates and our processes and you know everybody's consistent in the way that we are 
doing things and measuring things, especially when we have that global reach and to reach out to other organizations in, in APAC and, and EMEA, it really kind of helps us be cohesive, helps with our metrics and the way that we're tracking everything. And the contractor that I have, I would say, is more of a, a utility player. She does a lot of communications. She works with customers. She does internal sales win write-ups and does work in the community as far as communications and promotions in the community. So in a perfect world, you always want to have good, solid customer advocacy managers who are engaging with customers, building those relationships, working with them through the whole process of getting whatever asset you might be working on, whether it's a speaking opportunity or video or what have you. The one area that I'm looking to grow into is people that are are more dedicated on the fulfillment side of references. So we get you know a lot of requests coming our way from marketing, from sales to help fulfill something. And we all share that load right now. But as our salespeople get more and more kind of ingrained with coming out and reaching out to us for, for good reference accounts to help close deals, I'm looking to bring in additional resources there to be able to help with that fulfillment side. Something that was interesting that caught my ear was that you said that you have someone who focuses on programs and operations. Is this operations person someone that you've always had as a part of your teams? Or was this uh, learning over time? Uh, Was there like an insight or something that got you to realize that? I would say this has been a learning over time. Everybody all kind of had a piece of it. You always have your pipeline that you're chasing, but I would say I've never had the kind of visibility into what everybody's working on globally, like I do now because of having this role. But even the ownership of the reference database, usually there's somebody who's a super user, but it's working with our IT team, working with the Salesforce team internally, working with the vendor. There's so much that goes into that. Even the main and the rollout and the training salespeople. And so that's really when I came in here and realized some of the things we needed to do, it just made sense to put this role together that was more about the overarching program so that everybody, whatever geo they're in, we're all writing to the same template. We're all telling our storytelling as, as consistently as possible, but we all are using the tools. We are all measuring the same way and we're getting more efficiencies. I can 100% see how this would be valuable. What were the attributes that you were looking for? What kind of backgrounds or experiences were you looking for? Was it more of the marketing ops type person or what kind of characteristics were important to you? Program management was really crucial. Actually, I found somebody who had training as a a scrum master and doing agile methodology, which is interesting because that person now is our interface with the entire web team, and they are doing agile methodology and uh, stand-ups and that whole process and sprints. She is, you know, well-versed in working with them and doing that. Smart sheets, it's amazing how much we rely on smart sheets now, but it's more of that program management, the being able to look at a bunch of things that are maybe disparate things that are happening to say, you know what, if we really had consolidated this into one tool, or if we really did this differently, we'd save ourselves a lot of time and, and effort. She had experience in customer advocacy, but had never been a customer advocacy manager, but had done a lot in operations programs. She has sales background. I mean, it it turned out to be, you know, the role that I was looking for. um, I think I found a great person for it, but it was hard. There weren't a lot of people out there that had done this before. And I'm starting to see a little bit of teams adopting that, bringing in an ops person earlier, regardless of the type of marketing, because having that discipline and efficiency uh, and just someone coming in and being able to take on some of those pieces earlier sets you up for a lot more success long-term versus everyone owns some of those operations pieces 
but there's no one to fully own it. And it kind of always is on the back burner. And so you're accumulating more and more debt over time until you sort of hit a wall. So I, I like this idea of integrating this in earlier is, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. This episode is brought to you by PeerSpot. In a market full of hype, PeerSpot's buying intelligence platform is where tech pros go to get practical, reliable information on enterprise tech. They can be sure what they buy is exactly what they need. Powered by the world's largest community of enterprise tech buyers, PeerSpot provides in-depth reviews, online forums, direct Q&A support, and more, giving professionals the confidence to make the right decision. You work too hard to build strong customer relationships. It's time to leverage those in a way that maximizes value for your organization, but also minimizes customer effort. PeerSpot's approach to customer-driven content empowers customer marketers and advocacy professionals that strive to achieve the gold standard within their industry. You can learn more at PeerSpot.com. Tell me a little bit about what you define as the charter for the programs uh, that you own over at Juniper people tend to say, oh, it's the reference team or it's the customer success team. Yes. You hear that too. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, that's something different now. And you have to give examples, right? Just like I said, when we do our customer advocacy, it includes reference programs and what I like to say is customer evidence, success stories, or press opportunities, that sort of thing. If I'm really setting the tone and doing my vision, my charter for what this function is, it's really that these programs are essential to the company. It helps to elevate the brand. It helps to build deeper engagement with our customers. It helps increase the credibility in the market and ultimately drives growth for the company. I want others to see the fact that this touches so many different parts of a customer's journey. We want to help establish Juniper as that trusted advisor to our customers. And it's not so much that our products or Juniper is doing all these great things for our customers. It's that our solutions are enabling the customers to be able to deliver those real results, whether it's for their business or for their customers or for their employees. I think it's very integral and essential, like I said, but it's putting the customer also as the hero. And there are a lot of times where we get Juniper this and Juniper that, and we want to switch that to say, no, that's the customer who is getting all those great benefits because they happen to be using these solutions. When I look at the programs or the projects that we lead day to day, ultimately, they also fall under three main engagement pillars. There's the advocacy pillar, which is our references and our awards. There's community with our Elevate community. And then the third part that we haven't talked about is advisory. On our Elevate platform, we have private circles that can be seen as private advisory circles, but we are also involved in advisory councils, whether you call them cabs or advisory boards. Councils and advisory really, for me, fall under the charter of what we do. I'm really excited to spend a little bit of time on how you think about community and advocacy over at Juniper. So what does community look like at Juniper currently? Our community, which is called Elevate, is really a community platform. It houses a number of communities on it, probably upwards of about 25 or, or more. That includes topical answers forums, whether it's on switching or routing or Wi-Fi, that sort of thing. And some of those might have sub-communities in them, but we also do have private circle communities. There's training and certification communities. And we have something also called the Innovator Circle, which I liken to uh, a bit of a, a research panel or research forum. 
there's this platform of many different communities and customers can be part of any number of them. When I think about how this ties to advocacy, because it's not always an obvious fit, a big part of that is the advisory aspect. Our community engagement manager is also engaged with our advisory councils and with our private advisory circles. And to me, community and the forums really can be and should be leveraged to look for trends and insights and how to bring the voice of the customer into the company. It's customers who are helping other customers with their issues, often really technical, right? But with their issues, with best practices, with advice. And so when I think about the definition of advocacy and going from being a customer reference person to being really a customer advocacy person, the difference is... You want customers who are advocating for your company, whether you're asking them to or not, right? And so really the definition of of advocacy and in community is perfect. These customers are out there advocating in their own way on behalf of Juniper without us asking them to. There's a group that we call our Juniper Ambassadors. It's a small number of people that aren't Juniper employees, but they are experts in Juniper. They might work for a customer, they might work for a partner, or they might be an independent contractor. They're super technical and probably some of our most credentialed Juniper users out there. And the Juniper Ambassador Program isn't managed by my team. It actually sits under our analyst relations team. But these ambassadors, they act as moderators in our community. They're our super users. They're in there answering questions and really play a big part in in the community as well. I mentioned the Innovator Circle. The program itself isn't managed by me. The team that does our NPS surveys owns it, but it sits on the Elevate community. And that is made up of customers who've agreed to provide ongoing feedback to Juniper by doing different surveys. So I liken that to a research panel. So different groups within the company will come to the Innovator Circle team to say, we'd like to get some input on something in the data center or you know a, a topic that's um, top of mind. And they're able to go out to this group of customers to be able to get surveys answered. I think going forward, how better can we use the community to continue to bring in the, the voice of the customer into our content? And we see how our customers are connecting to what we think the big pain points are. Can we use it for that kind of validation? And one thing I started, but it's one of those things that kind of is falling down on the list. And this reminded me to get it going again. We started working with our data scientists here to see if we can find the overlap between a customer who may be a member of the community, as well as somebody who might be an advocate, and looking at that information around that company's propensity to buy or their NPS score or their lifetime value and being able to show that connection to say, we know if a customer is more engaged, they should be buying more, they should be more loyal, they should be harder to to leave being a customer. Can we prove that? Can we show that kind of connection between people that are advocates or people that are community members and what that means to their health as a customer? How do we take that and say, okay, how do we go find more people like that and get those people involved? What are some of the the sort of top level metrics that you're uh, reporting on to the executive team or the larger marketing team? Metrics is always an interesting one, right? Because you end up counting a lot of stuff. So we still report on the number of, of net new customers that we can use publicly each quarter. Everybody wants to know how many customers can we talk about? And so whether it's a press release or a success story or uh, they spoke at an event, we definitely still report on that. 
but that's not the primary one that's going up to leadership. What we've done is we've moved in the direction of measuring the consumption of our references for sales and marketing purposes. So how many customers are being leveraged in any given quarter to help in sales and marketing uh, activities? Once you get a great customer, we've counted them once as a net new customer, but we're going to go back to that customer potentially again and again over time to leverage them in different ways. And so that's a way to really show usage and to show how we're maximizing the references that we have, as opposed to just throwing new ones in the boat and forgetting about the other ones. Where we really need to get to, and I've got this on my list, and this is also something that my operations and programs person will be helping with, is tying our reference activity to the influence that it's having on our pipeline and our revenue. That's the holy grail. We want to be able to say that our reference activities are influencing X amount of revenue for the company. From a metrics perspective, obviously brand names are always desirable, (laughs) Um, but uh, we also make sure that we're aligning to the overarching goals of the company. We have these cross-business teams, these XBTs or business units, if you will. And so we're making sure that we are aligning them to those as well as to key sales plays and what's really top of mind for sellers. So often when we're tracking them, we're tracking what industries are we hitting, obviously what geos are we hitting, what XBTs, what are those key things that we're doing in the area of security or green networking or basic AI and Wi-Fi. And so that's another way that we are tracking. It's pretty amazing what you're saying about the community that it has all these other mini communities on it as well. Are the types of roles that are typically participating in the community, are they also CIO, VP, director level? Or are they more at the sort of day-to-day administrative yeah. level? What, yeah. what does that yeah. look like? Yeah, they are definitely more at that practitioner level, that day-to-day somebody is working on a switch or a router and they're having these configuration challenges. It's not meant to be a tech support community by any means, but it, it is more of those people who are living in day-to-day and they're coming to the community to find other people like them who also can help them or can share their advice and, and knowledge. You know, a lot of times the, the customers that are being certified in all these different things for Juniper and, and really building out their career and their resume as an expert in Juniper. I'd like to think that this is the the place where they can go and and connect. I feel like there's a type of user who is just more geared towards community and they've often come up through more of the technical ranks. They learned a lot from other people as they were growing and learning and they feel kinship or a bit of a responsibility to give back to others. That's what brings people like our ambassadors. That's why they're in the community every day and they're answering questions because they're kind of community-minded. And you have someone on your team who's dedicated to this uh, this entire community. Tell me a little bit about what their focus is. What is your community person currently focused on in order to have this community be successful? Yeah, sure. She'll probably laugh because I'm going to say some things that come out of her mouth on a regular basis. And by the way, she's a new hire. We have a community vendor who does a lot of services for us and acts as the day-to-day community management. But as I got here and the community had recently been replatformed and relaunched as the Elevate community, and we realized that we do need somebody who is more you know, internal to Juniper, who's really focused on the engagement of the community as opposed to the operational running of it. So thankfully we found somebody who's got a lot of experience, you know, 
in communities and, and in particular the platform that we use. But even she will tell you, every community <laughs> is different. So coming into this, she's looking at everything from the structure and the navigation of the community. Do we have ones that are less engaged? Do we have too many sub-communities in an area where it doesn't make sense? Should we be simplifying the experience that our customers are having? So that's been a big focus area. Now that we've had the community for well over a year, we can see what the patterns are and what people are gravitating towards. And so perhaps there's some private communities that just never really got off the ground. What can we do with those? Should we sunset them? Should we try to turn it into something public and broad? Those kind of questions are on her mind. And then getting that in order, then it becomes how do we grow the community that we have? How do we bring new people in? So we like to joke that you got to clean the house before you invite everybody over for the party. (laughs) (laughs) which is what we're doing right now. But yeah, day-to-day, there's moderation of content, making sure that new posters and new content is appropriate before it goes live. There's really building out the relationship with other people in the company to be in there helping to answer questions. It can't be one person. One person isn't going to know everything about our technology, especially since these people are technical practitioners and our community manager is not. It's making sure who you can reach out to, whether it's the ambassadors or somebody in the product market or product management side to try to pull people in to engage. People like to say, we'll just build it and suddenly people will show up, but it takes (laughs) care and feeding. It's a living thing. And if it doesn't have the ongoing care and feeding, then you're going to end up with things that are stagnant. In an ideal community, Juniper sits back and watches. They watch customers interact with each other and answer questions and only get involved when we might need to, because we don't want them to see this as, oh, I come here and Juniper answers all my questions. They've got support contracts for that. But Sometimes you, you got to seed those questions. You got to put in those new ideas. You got to put a poll out there. You, you try wacky things to get people to engage and grow it from there. Whenever people talk about, let's start a community, why not do that? I'm always like, okay, we can do a community, but just know that it takes a lot more work than uh, you may have ever considered, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, Mm -hmm. before you decide to launch it, you have to be very intentional about what the goals should be. If you're not very careful about setting those right goals for the community, there's just so many forms and shapes that it can take that with it being a very living, breathing thing, with people in and out of it all the time in a way that can affect brand perception, you want to be clear that this is not a tech support community. This is really a community for people to help each other out and maybe learn more about what are the possibilities with Juniper, right? I I totally resonate with what you're saying is the very intentional care and feeding of communities. Communities do not spring up overnight, even if you have people willing to participate in them. It Mm -hmm. can take a long time for all of that to just run on its own, where you get to sit back and be like, oh, okay, like what's the community doing today? A lot of that has all been very thoughtful put into place with many foundations and a lot of behind the scenes involvement and tweaking to make it look like a healthy community. Yeah. If if you think you're going to launch and you say, oh, I've got a post that I can launch with. No, you need to make sure that you've got three posts for each week. The idea of seed content isn't literally, I did a welcome. Yeah. 
now they can go. It's, you know, really doing that. Things like we have something as simple as a tip Tuesday or whatever you want to call it, where somebody's coming in on a regular basis, whether it's even bringing in things that are hot topics in support or in the knowledge base and kind of bringing to the community to get them to say, hey, this is what we're seeing as top topics in our knowledge base. Do you agree? What do you think? It's not just enough to say, hey, this is happening. You don't want to be marketing to them or just trying to point them to new things. You want to be able to say, does this resonate with you? Is this useful to you? What have you done differently? And really get it to become an engaging experience. How does the advocacy side of the team utilize the community? Basically, I think about community as a way to also identify customers for advocacy opportunities (laughs) to build those connections. So talk to me about how you guys are thinking about that. Yeah, there is an advocacy module that we have the ability to to leverage in our community platform that we haven't fully leveraged yet, to, to be honest. But it is, it's finding those people who are passionate. We do look at the community to find, are there new people that we should maybe nominate as ambassadors? Because again, they're technical. They're not going to be the CIO who's speaking at a, a major event. But we had something recently, and this is great, our, our community manager brought this up, um, brought it to the ambassadors and some other people. Somebody had come into the community and said, hey, I'm thinking of making a switch from the other big competitor to Juniper, and I'm trying this out. This is what I'm finding. Can anybody help me? And so it wasn't so much, can somebody go help the configuration issues that he has, although people did, but it's like, we've got somebody who's considering making a switch here. Like, how do we make sure that that person walks away with a good overall experience, even in the community, because what they're doing, getting our ambassadors to maybe chime in on it or other people from the company, just looking after those little things. We don't bring a lot of reference requests to the community at this point. We haven't said, hey, does anybody here, you know, have they tried, you know, have they been using this and this? We're looking for somebody. We haven't done that. I think that there are certain ways we can do that, but the community isn't conditioned to be given challenges or those sorts of things just yet. But I do think we can find those stars, those people that are at the top of the leaderboards, those people that are being super helpful to others and see, okay, let's look at the company that they're at. Oh, look, they're talking about using these technologies. Hey, we know that company is a big promoter of ours and we can make those connections. I will say that we do allow our community members to be in the community and post anonymously or post where they're not necessarily attached to their company email address. And people prefer it that way because sometimes they're in the community and they don't want to be seen as a representative of the company. So that can complicate things a bit when you're trying to link them to things. But it's also a privacy issue too. I, I would say there's certainly more we can do there. There's a lot of opportunity. And now that I've got people in place to make sure we're just humming on and being a well-oiled machine, then we can start to drill into those areas. It's pretty amazing. You're like, okay, I have these relationships with all these customers and you jump in the community and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like hundreds more people that could all also be advocates, you know, and they didn't know about the program. Like I didn't know about them. So it it Mm -hmm. always reminds me that if you think about your customer base, there's of course the relationships that you already know and that you've built, but there's so many more customers out there that you don't know about that would probably be willing to advocate on your behalf. It's just a matter of finding out where they live or creating opportunities for them to sort of raise their hands in a way that you can then take that signal and run with it essentially. 
Yeah, we did an interesting activity a while back, and it was around work that we're doing on the customer experience side and ensuring that we're improving our customer experience touch points for our customers. We had a tool, which is more of a self-service video tool, so very easy to use. We knew that we couldn't necessarily just ask a random community of, hey, give us a video and we're going to publish it live. But we went to them and said, we're doing this research internally. Our employees want to understand how your experiences with Juniper are. We've got this opportunity for you to create a, a short video and it will only be used internally to Juniper. We had some success. It wasn't like we had hundreds of people that did this and not every video was the same kind of quality. <laughs> But we did get the people to raise their hand and say, sure, I'll record something a couple of minutes that Juniper can use to inform other employees or improve their knowledge. Those kind of steps, too, are low risk for the customer if they know that isn't going to be used publicly. And it gives them an opportunity to step forward and volunteer. Sounds like you guys have some really exciting things coming up. The last question I have before we finish up is if people want to learn more about what you're doing over at Juniper or just sort of exchange notes uh, on customer marketing, what's the best way for them to get connected with you? Oh, sure. I've got LinkedIn. I've got Twitter. I don't do Instagram. <laughs> Like others do. My Twitter handle is at Kendra A. Walsh. I'll put stuff out on Twitter, but I probably have more personal connections and colleagues on, on LinkedIn, especially in the customer advocacy area. Kendra, this is a great conversation. Thank you for giving us this inside peek into you know, your team structure and you know how you're thinking about community. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been uh, great to uh, look back and also look forward to what we should be doing next. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Beating the Drum. For more interviews with advocacy leaders and tips on creating customers that will sing your praises, head on over to our website, beatingthedrum.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to rate and review us. If you know someone that would be a great fit for the show, I would love to hear about it. You can reach out at beatingthedrum.com. Take care, everybody.